It's good to be here this morning. It's, it's always great to, to be with God's people and to worship with, him, worship with each other. Because, you know, the Lord didn't save us for us to be unto ourselves. He didn't save us to be Lone Ranger Christians. He made us, he saved us, so that we could be with each other. Not only in this life, but in eternity. And you know, the thing is, every believer should love to be with God's people. You shouldn't be here today because somebody convinced you to come to church if you, if you are a Christian. If you are a Christian, you should be here because you want to be here. You want to be with God's people. You want to serve with God's people. You want to glorify God. You want to worship Him. And you know, Paul, when, when you look at this whole issue of spiritual gifts, this is one of the things that the Apostle Paul makes loud and clear. And, and one of the interesting things is, when you look at spiritual gifts in the New Testament, really, Paul writes like 98% of that material. You see mentions of it, Maybe in the Gospels, and you, you, Luke writes about it a little bit in Luke, and and in Acts he talks about the gifts being used. But if you want any kind of explanation of the subject of spiritual gifts, you wind up reading primarily the Apostle Paul. And you know it's it's interesting. One of the things he says in Romans chapter one, turn there if you will. In Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 11, he says this. For I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually comforted by one another's faith. Kind of interesting here. He says, that he wants to see them so that he can impart some spiritual gift to them. Now it's interesting, as you look at different scholars, they, they've got different ideas about you know, what this gift is, and you know, there are some who say, well, you know, he, what Paul intends to do is he, he intends to bless this church with the gift of his apostleship by just visiting and being with them. And you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And, and, and other scholars will say, well, what he, he's talking about here is giving them a gift by giving them a deeper knowledge and understanding of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, what that means in, in every aspect. Well, okay. Could be. And as you read other scholars, you, you basically get something else. You'll, you'll get different views. 
But the reason he's doing this is loud and clear. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 11, he says, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually comforted by one another's faith, both yours and mine. You know, Paul was a man with great spiritual gifts. And as great as his spiritual gifts were, his gifts were not so great that he couldn't be blessed by other people. And you know what? Those people were blessed by him as well. And if you belong to Jesus Christ, you want to strengthen other people's faith. In fact, you do whether you realize it or not. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you are using your gifts in, in the kind of way that we mutually benefit each other. Look, gifts are not a thing just for, you know, you know, God gives you this gift and you say, oh, well, it's, it's great. I got this spiritual gift. That's, that's wonderful. No. God gives you a gift so that you can be a blessing to others. And in fact, when you look at what Paul has to say in 1 Corinthians, okay, because, you know, 1 Corinthians is a book where he's trying to, you know, help this church get things straight. Because let me tell you, if you want to see a church that's got things goofed up, it's Corinth. And, you know, we've got First and Second Corinthians, but they're really, you know, there's plenty of evidence in what he's written there that First and Second Corinthians are actually Second and Fourth Corinthians. So he has... He has been writing to these people over and over again to help them get on the right path because they're doing everything wrong, including spiritual gifts. And as you go through 1 Corinthians in particular, one of the things that you find is he's trying to straighten them out with the abuse of gifts and the bad attitudes that come along with abusing spiritual gifts. But you know, um, we need to understand that we are here for each other. We are all part of the same body of Christ. And we need each other's. Look, this idea of the Lone Ranger Christian... I don't know where anybody got that idea from. He has called you to be part of a local congregation. He has called you to serve in that congregation. He has called you to be a blessing to those other parts of that congregation and for them to bless you as well. So, Let's 
do a recap of some of the stuff we covered last week on spiritual gifts. Um, first thing we want to look at is, what is the source of spiritual gifts? Well, let's take a look at Romans chapter 12. Now let's take a look at verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment as God has distributed to each one of you a measure of faith. So he says here, hey, God, really focusing on the Father, is the source of gifts. And let's go now to um, 1 Peter chapter 4. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 here, he says, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace or gifts of God. Once again, pointing to the Father. But here's one of the other interesting things. When you look at Ephesians chapter 4, in Ephesians chapter 4, let's take a look at verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he captured captives, he gave gifts to men. Now, what is the meaning of ascended except that he also descended to the lower regions, namely the earth? He, the very one who descended, is also the one who ascended above all the heavens in order to fulfill all things. And he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So one of the things we see here is it is Christ, the Son, who's giving these gifts. Yet, we see yet another picture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, And one of the things he says here is this. Now there, are, verse, verse 4, he says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different results, but the same God, who produces all of them in everyone. To, to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the benefit of all. Okay? So he says... Yeah, it's, it's coming from the Father, it's coming from the Son, it's given from the Spirit, but he emphasizes, and really in 1 Corinthians, he emphasizes the Holy Spirit as the source of these gifts. Now, one of the things we need to remember is that spiritual gifts are, they're given by the Godhead. 
by all the members of the Trinity to empower each of us to be a blessing to each other. Okay? Now, um, what are spiritual gifts? Okay? When you look uh, at, at Paul and he's describing these spiritual gifts, one of the things that he uses is the word uh, pneumaticone or spiritual charisma or charismata gifts or really um, a special measure of grace. And he's given each believer a special measure of grace. And, you know, one of the things that he emphasizes is, hey, you know, just as there's different parts of the body, there are different giftings. Now, one of the things we need to also understand about spiritual gifts is that they are not to be confused with natural gifts. Okay? Now, Every gift that we have, every gift that a saved person or a lost person has, is a gift of God. But there are gifts that you have before you come to Christ, okay? Some people are great at speaking, and some people are great at, I don't know, playing tiddlywinks, or I don't know. You know, people have all different sorts of abilities. And you know, If you are a Christian, God can use all of them. But one of the things that he emphasizes is that these spiritual gifts come out of our weaknesses, not our strengths. In fact, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now let's go to verse 26. Think about the circumstances of your call, brother and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were born to a privileged position. But God chose what the world thinks foolish to shame the wise. And God chose what the world thinks weak to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, what is regarded as nothing, to set aside what is regarded as something, so that no one can boast in his presence. He is the reason we who have a relationship with Christ Jesus, who became for us a wisdom from, with, from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know, with your natural gifts, your natural abilities, there's a temptation for you to boast. Well, you know, I was able to do this because, you know, I have the, you know, I just have this great ability to do this thing, or I have this great ability to do that thing. No. Your spiritual gifts come despite 
any natural ability that you have. And God can empower us to do things far greater than any natural ability we will ever have. So, who has spiritual gifts? If you belong to Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gifts. If you are a Christian, you have a spiritual gift. Let's take a look, if you will, at Romans chapter 12. Let's take a look at verse 4. For just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members serve the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are all members who belong to one another. See, God has empowered each part of the body of Christ, each member of the body of Christ. Let's take a look now at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. To each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the benefit of who? All. For one person is given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom, and another the message of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another performance of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of tongues, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. It is one and the same Spirit distributing as he decides to each person who produces all things. So if you belong to Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, if you have his Holy Spirit, you have a spiritual gift. Really, it's more than just a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual gifting. God gives us a unique mix of gifts. Why do we get spiritual gifts? Well, we've already talked about this a few times, but hey, let's remember. Let's focus on why we get these things. So we saw in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, we get these spiritual gifts 
to be a blessing to each other. We get these spiritual gifts because we belong to each other. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This time let's go to verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. Look, he's trying to emphasize that we should have a spirit of unity. We belong together. We belong to each other. We belong with him. He does not give us spiritual gifts for ourselves. They are for the good of the body. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4. This time, let's take a look at verse 12. He says, that we are given these gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is, to build up the body of Christ. We are to build up each other. We are to strengthen each other. And how can you do that if you are alone? How can you do that if you're not going to church? How can you do that if you're not with God's people? If you belong with if you belong to him, you belong in a congregation. If you are if you belong to him, when the church doors are open, you should want to be there. You know, I I remember how it was when I first got saved. And how, when when I think back, when people first come to Christ, They want to be with other believers. They want to worship God. They want to learn more. They want to be a blessing. And what happens is, all too often, the things of this world get in our hearts and minds and confuse things. And we get out of the rhythm. We get out of the practice of being together with each other. (coughs) 
Folks, we've got to be on guard. We have got to guard our hearts. We have got to guard our minds from the things of this world. This is one of the reasons why Paul, when he talks about spiritual gifts, he he reminds people that, hey, you need to get your mind right about these things. You need to love what the Lord loves. You need to hate what the Lord hates. You need to get on the same page with him. Let's take a look at 1 Peter. Now let's go to chapter 4. And let's look at verse 10. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Do you know what it means to be a steward? To be a steward means that you don't own that thing. To be a steward of something means that you are using it for the one who owns it. The spiritual gift or gifts that God has given you, they're not for you to secret away or store away or I don't know. They're for you to use in the body, in the congregation. There is no spiritual gifting apart from the ministry, from the work of God. And what this says is, hey, don't be sitting on the sidelines. You are here for a purpose. The Lord saved you for a purpose. One of the reasons he saved you was to glorify his holy name. But the other reason is so that you would be a blessing to the other parts of the body. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about, about gifts. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, some of you are wondering, okay, Craig, when, when are you going to get down to what are those gifts? Well, that, we're, we're at that point, okay? So, um, so, really, you find these gifts 
in only a few places, and they're all in Paul's writings. So let's go back to Romans chapter 3, chapter 12. And by the way, we've been bouncing around these verses a few times. Well, we're going to be bouncing around the same sections over and over again, so I'll just give it to you. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 through 32. And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. So let's take a look at these because... These are where you see the list of, of these gifts, okay? So in Romans chapter 12, verse, verse 3, Paul goes on to say, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment as God has distributed each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members, not all members serve the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members who belong to one another. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If the gift is prophecy, then that individual must use it in proportion to his faith. If it is service, he must serve if it is teaching, he must teach. If it is exhortation, he must exhort. If it is contributing, he must do so with sincerity. If it is leadership, he must do so with diligence. If it is showing mercy, he must do so with cheerfulness. Now, we got a listing about seven gifts there, okay? Let's go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's start with verse 4. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different results, but the same God who produces them all in everyone. To each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the, for the benefit of all. For one person is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, and another the message of knowledge. According to the same Spirit, another faith. By the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing. By one Spirit, to another performance of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discernment of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. It is one and the same Spirit distributing as he decides to each person who produces all these things. So, so one of the things you'll see in Romans, and when you take a look at 1 Corinthians verses 6 through 8, is you'll see some of these are the same, but some of these are different. But wait, there's more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are Christ's body. And each one of you is a member of it. And God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helps, 
leadership, different kinds of tongues. Not all are apostles, are they? Not all are prophets, are they? Not all are teachers, are they? Not all perform miracles, do they? Not all have gifts of healing, do they? Not all speak in tongues, do they? Not all interpret, do they? But you should be eager for the greater gifts. And and now I will show you a way that is beyond comparison. Okay? So, he gives yet another listing. And you'll notice they're not all the same gifts. We got the same writer. He's filled with the same spirit, but he's listing different gifts each time. Something else uh, about this last listing here. He racks and stacks the gifts in order of their significance. He says, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And then he goes down the laundry list. Where does he end? What gift does he end with? Tongues. Okay? He's racked them and stacked them. And what's the reason for this? Because, like I said, if you want to know how to do stuff wrong in the church... That's, Corinth is the one you look to. And one of the things that was happening in this church was they made the gift of tongues. They thought it was the primary thing. They were, they were convinced it was a sign of real spirituality. And so one of the things that he's, he does here is this. He says, okay, you want to rack and stack these things? Well, here's number one. Here's number two. Here's number three. And one of the things you'll see in in a lot of charismatic churches these days is they're going to tell you, well, everybody should speak in the should speak in tongues. And it's interesting what he does here, because he he asks these questions: All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? One of the interesting things in the Greek is that there are two words for negatives. There's the word ooh, and there's the word may. Of the two, may is the most negative. Now, one of the interesting things is when you use ooh in a rhetorical question, the answer to that question is always yes. When you use may in a rhetorical question, the answer is always no. So he asks here, All are not apostles, are they? And and by the way, you want to guess which negative he's using here? He's using may. And so he says, all are not apostles, are they? No. All are not prophets, are they? No. All are not teachers, are they? No. Not all perform miracles, do they? No. Not all have the gifts of healing, do they? No. Not all speak in tongues, do they? No. Because this church, they got it all wrong. And one of the things he he says here is he says, you know, rather than be concerned with some of these lower gifts, and not that these, these are unimportant, 
He says, you should be concerned with the greater gifts. That's just keeping these gifts in perspective. Okay? Now let's go to um, Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the last listing of gifts, okay? So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, And he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Now, one of the things about this particular listing is these gifts seem to also be offices. And you know, um, one of the other interesting things is, okay, you can have pastor teachers today. And by the way, these, these two <coughs> terms, pastor teachers, they, they, they go together because it's an office and it's a function, Okay. All of these other gifts, when you look at these, uh, when you look at the Greek construction here, these other gifts are separate, but this one in particular ties an office and a function together. So, you know, you, you look at these gifts, and in each listing, Paul doesn't give the same gifts. Now, what does that tell you? Well, one of the things it tells you is, well, it's not exactly like it's a completely unique group of elements or or number of specific gifts, but it's the idea that we have a mixture of these things, okay? And and if you number these things, okay, all depending on 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 whose listing you're going to follow, because. Scholars will, will look at this, and they'll, I've seen numbers as low as 13 individual gifts listed here, and as many as 18. But the idea is that there is this diversity of gifts, and that we as believers are given a unique mixture of them. Now, one of the other things about these gifts, and one of the few people outside of Paul to really talk about you know the nature of these gifts is Peter. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4 again because he gives us a division of these gifts. So in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 he says this just as each one has received a gift Use it to serve one another as good stewards of the very grace of God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the, with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Okay? So, Peter divides these gifts into two types, okay? He says they are speaking gifts and they are serving gifts, 
Okay? So, of the speaking gifts, well, here's what you find. Prophets. And in these listings, prophets or prophecy is mentioned three times. Another is teachers, mentioned three times. Apostles, mentioned twice. Evangelists, once. Encouraging, once. Tongues, once in a listing. Oh, actually, twice in a listing. Okay, serving. Well, there's service, which is mentioned twice. There's leading, which is mentioned twice. There's miracles, which is mentioned twice in these listings. Healing, mentioned twice. Giving, once. Faith, once. Discerning of spirits, once. Now, you know, you got all these, these gifts, some of them speaking gifts, some of them service gifts. Well, you know, um, we can each have a unique mixture of all these, except for two of them. Okay, one is the apostles. Okay, because number one, apostleship is an office. And in order to be apostle, one of the things is you had to be with Christ from his baptism to his resurrection. Okay? Only a dozen guys fit that bill. So, you know, despite what some guys would try to tell you today, they are not apostles. And here's something about the apostles. They had all the gifts. Every one of these and any other possible gifts, they had them. Okay? They were full of them. Here's something else. Prophets. Now, you know, um, I remember it was said, uh, you, you know, that you know, when, I, when I, I, I knew guys in seminary, he said, yeah, I have the gift of prophecy. And, and others would say, yeah, what, you, know, you know, the nature of prophets. You know, they blow in, they blow up, they blow out, you know. Um, yeah. Um, no. Nobody today really has the gift of prophecy, okay? Because um, when you look at how the gift is used in, in Acts and in other places, well, you're not seeing that kind of thing happen pretty much anymore. Um, but here's something else. In Ephesians chapter 2, And yeah, in Ephesians chapter two. Um, oh, I'm looking at Ephesians chapter one. That's why I can't find it. He says in Ephesians chapter two, verse twenty, he says, "Because you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets." with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. So the church is built on this foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So, you know, you might be gifted and you might have a lot of gifts, but you're not going to be 
an apostle, and you're not going to be a prophet. Okay? So, let's get down to you and to me. What spiritual gift do you get? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's take a look at verse 11. It says, It is one and the same Spirit distributing as He decides to each person who produces all these things. The Spirit decides which gift or which mixture of gifts you get. Let's take a look at verse 31. Same chapter. But you should be eager for the greater gifts. Okay? So here's one thing. Whatever gift you have, you should be content with. Because if God gives you a gift, he's going to give you the opportunity to use that gift. And you should be content with that gift, whatever it is. But if you're going to desire other gifts, he says, um, desire or be eager for the greater gifts. Now, why does he do this? Because in this church at Corinth, they were saying, oh, you should be speaking in tongues. Because that's the best gift. And Paul was straightening them out in Chapters 12, 13, and 14. He straightened them out on this situation. But the Holy Spirit determines which gift you get. And you should be content with that gift. And and something else, you should be using that gift because he's going to give you the opportunity to use it. So, here's the last question we want to cover today. How do you find your gift? Okay, some people think, well, you know, what you do is you take a spiritual gifts inventory or you take a spiritual gifts survey. You know, I've been studying for a few weeks on this, and you know what? I have not found a spiritual gifts inventory that you are supposed to take. No survey. I haven't found any command that we are supposed to do that. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be with the body. And we're supposed to serve. You want to find your gift? Number one, be here when the doors are open. Number two, 
Just be willing to serve. And if you do those two things, here's what's going to happen. Those people who are with you are going to say, hey, you're really gifted in this way. You really need to be serving in this sort of way. See, we don't often know what our own gifting is or isn't, but it's apparent to other parts of the body where you fit. But what's needed, first of all, is a willing heart. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to be with the body? And here, here's, one of the, here's one of the problems, okay? This requires a certain amount of vulnerability because you know what happens? If you spend more time with the body, people are going to get to know you. You have to give up your anonymity. You can't hide anymore. You want to find your gift? Jump in today. Start serving today. Give him your all today. Now, you know, if you're not a Christian, in general, you're not going to have a spiritual gift. Now, we talked about the exceptions last week. And believe you me, you don't want to be one of those exceptions. If you do not know Jesus Christ today, Now is the time of salvation. Let's keep it real. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have tomorrow promised to you. You could walk out of this building and get run over by a car or a meteor could land on top of you or you could get some disease. or you, Hey, all kind, you do not have tomorrow promised to you. Give him your all today. And if you belong to him, it's time for you to get all in or all out. You know, one of my favorite movies is Apocalypse Now, okay? And there's a scene in the movie where Captain Willard and, uh, and, and uh, Chef, you know, they decide to, to go off the boat. And uh, because Chef wants to, um, he, he wants to find some mangoes because he, he wants to, to make a pie, okay? Now, you know, Chef is, is a radio man, and they called him Chef because 
you know, be, before he got in the Navy, he, he was a, a, a saucier. You know, he, he, made, he specialized in sauces. Anyways, he decides he wants to make a, a mango pie, so he goes out into the, the jungle with Captain Willard, and, and they're talking, and then all of a sudden, they hear something. And they become very alert. They're thinking, it's the enemy. And so they're, they're waiting, and the next thing you know, a tiger pops out, and they start shooting and running back to the boat. Well, they make it back to the boat, and, and one of the things that happens is Chef is coming unglued. He's tearing off his clothes and says, never get off the boat, never get off the boat. And Captain Willard gives some perspective on the whole situation, and I'm, I'm going to clean it up for you folks. He says, that's right. Never get off the boat unless you're willing to go all the way. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Folks, you need to be all in or get all out. Stop playing around with God. Get real with him today. Let's pray. Lord, once again, we thank you for the truth of your word. And I I pray that, Lord, you would be with everyone here. I, I pray that, Lord, that you would draw each of us closer to you. I, I pray that, Lord, that each of us would get all the way in, would love the body, would love the congregation, would serve you, would glorify your holy name. And that, Lord, that you would help us to use the gifts that you have given us. The Lord, if there is someone here today who does not know you, Lord, make it crystal clear to them that now is the time of salvation. Lord, make it crystal clear to them that they don't have forever to make up their minds. Lord, help each one of us to follow you and worship you in spirit and in truth. These things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.